All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 21 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. That's a lot of seasons and a lot of episodes. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Biebs Bondi. So nice to be back in the flesh for today's episode. Yeah, we're back in studio and... Uh... As someone asked on Twitter, we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. That's a thing. Um, but yeah, no, we season are, seven, episode twenty-one, to be exact. Yeah, we're in the flesh. We're um, you know not talking about any extracurriculars that happened yesterday. No. Um, never, because <laughs> it's you know not the best thing ever that happened to hockey. But um, yeah, doing good. We don't talk about COVID nineteen or rappers having sex at hockey games. Yeah. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. What look like? Dylan Dibertine, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing good. I was pretty bummed out when the whole Kodak Black thing got debunked this morning. <laughs> yeah, how brutal is that? It was like Santa re- Claus being not real. Yeah. like when you saw it. Maybe I really thought 2022 was going to be a better year, but uh, and then we're already I don't know we're anymore. already trolled by rappers. Yeah, yeah, like what? So true. We don't need that. It was so funny. I don't know the guy that posted the video. I saw like just a bunch of people tweeting about like how he just had them blocked, so everyone was freaking out about it. But like he just had a bunch of like people blocked, and nobody like nobody could see it. That's Not funny. nobody. Like obviously a lot of us, but like reporters and stuff were just like, "What is everybody freaking out about? This guy's like, got me blocked." I could see that. The craziest thing was like when you thought it was happening, you could just see the ownership group of Florida just next next. Yeah, the one going going on, just like clapping their hands, like <laughs> thinking that there's like. Some fans really cheering loud over there, but they weren't. Um, Luongo's tweet was pretty funny too. Yeah, but uh, uh, 
Yeah, that's crazy a, times in Florida, man. Anywhere else, you know. Was, yeah, that was pretty much the, the running joke, just classic Florida, <laughs> pretty much. But uh, all right, on today's episode of the show, we're going to get back into a bit of the waiver wire uh, mode of the DFO podcast. Um, and the way we're going to do it today, we didn't want to leave anybody out. It felt like uh, it's been a while since we really kind of did a nice rundown um, and, and try to cover some players that are, have moved up into the top six or playing more prominent uh, roles than we're used to seeing. So we literally are going to go through all 32 teams we have every player in the league. No, doing. <laughs> not quite. Um, but we have one player from each team that is below or around, <laughs> in some cases, 40% owned. Um, some players, you know, under 10% owned. Just guys that um, probably deserve a little bit more recognition, um, maybe a, a bump in ownership, and uh, just discuss kind of what their role is on the team at the current moment and uh, and just discuss whether or not we think that they're they're worthy of any fantasy consideration, if they're a definite pickup or somebody that you can just completely ignore. So um, not every single one of the names that we're going to talk about today is, is somebody that you need to be paying attention to, and we'll give you reasons as to why. So yeah. we're going to go alphabetically through all 32 teams, starting at the top with the Anaheim Ducks and Ricard Raquel, who is currently 16% owned. Uh, Ricard Raquel uh, has spent quite a bit of time with Trevor Zegers. Um, now that that lineup is back fully healthy with Ryan Getzlaff back in the lineup, Max Comtois, uh, Ricard Raquel still on the wing with Trevor Zegers. Uh, also seeing some power play usage on the top unit. So um, definitely the usage that you would want Such if, a if you're playing in Anaheim. The problem is the production has fallen off uh, pretty drastically uh, for Ricard Raquel. In his last 12 games, he has zero goals and four assists. So so classic Ricard. Yeah. He, he plays top minutes. We'll get 19 a night. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be PP1, but he's just not, doesn't get the points. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone who hasn't listened to the podcast the last two years who hasn't had this guy on their team at some point thinking that it's finally, it's finally going to hit, but uh, I don't know. I'm good here. He he did have a like he started the season off eight goals, four assists, twelve points in his first seventeen games. So this is definitely um, a bit of a cold stretch. I think that the one thing um, with Raquel here it does coincide a little bit with Trevor Zegers not being in a lineup. No Ryan Getzlaff. So I do expect him to bounce back a little bit now that the lineup's back to full health. Yeah, I think there's still some upside there. Um, you know, certainly not someone I'm I'm looking to keep for the long haul in you know anything close to a standard size league right now but um yeah you know he still shoots a lot as beef said he still plays a lot and he has looked really good when he's been with zegris and that's kind of been um their formula pretty consistently this season they've got over 300 minutes together at 5v5 33 scoring chances 15 high danger chances per 60 so some good underlying numbers there obviously there's some drawbacks um to just being in anaheim and the supporting cast and obviously he's been on a Really big cold stretch. So more than anything, I think in standard size leagues, he's just a guy to keep an eye on and a really good streaming target because he's going to yeah. get those minutes and he's going to get those shots on a night-to-night basis. Uh, and I, I do think he's uh, probably worth holding on to when you get down to like 16, 18, and 20 size uh, team leagues. Yeah, it, at that point, I kind of agree because anyone who could play PP1 should be there. Um, he's, he's a classic guy too that we've seen over the years. If he gets hot, he kind of bangs when he gets hot. So... If uh, if you know if you start seeing that that uh, that oven cooking and 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 heating, um, I definitely like him as an option. But yeah, like you said, a little cold streak right now. Maybe just let him chill on the wire till uh till he warms up. Yeah, and just looking ahead here, they got a couple games this week, uh, the rest of this week, and then only two games next week. So really, not somebody that 
Um, you, you're probably looking to target at this moment in time, but I think he's worth some somebody worth monitoring. Um, at, you know, especially if Zegers really starts to heat back up. Uh, Phil Kessel in Arizona. If you watch my YouTube show, uh, you will know that uh, I, yeah, a lot a lot of people don't actually. You'll know though that I, I, I've been quite high on this Arizona line. Um, they've been really really solid, especially now that Lawson Krause is back in the lineup. Uh, it's Lawson Krause, Johan Larson, and Phil Kessel. Not really the who's who uh, of uh, fantasy hockey players but Phil Kessel has been on an absolute tear since the middle of November he has 18 points three goals 15 assists 18 points in his last 19 games almost a point per game player in Arizona um the you know the three goals obviously a little bit um disappointing from you know of a player of you know Phil Kessel's caliber obviously not quite the same player he once was but that's just a 5.4 shooting percentage over that span shooting just 6.7 on the season um, a guy that's a career 11% shooter. So um, definitely, you know, again, this is a line that I kind of talk about probably more than than anybody in, in the world other than maybe an Arizona Coyotes podcast. But they're producing, you know, Doesn't very, exist. very, <laughs> yeah, maybe not, a very, very solid um, numbers at 5v5. The scoring chances are, are, are plentiful. Um, so I, I think Phil Kessel is definitely somebody that needs to be added in, in some leagues, especially if the goals start going his way. Uh, just 12% owned right now. 12% is almost like a, a slap in the face to Phil. I feel like, obviously, it comes with the territory. Also, one thing for Phil, too, is a lot of those points, he had a four-point game and a three-point game. Um, kind of inflates a little bit, but at the same time, like you said, you know, 17 points in 18 games. I like that as a, a bottom-of-the-roster guy, someone you might want to play, you know, plug-and-play when the games do come around. Issue I find right now, though, with, with a lot of these guys is there's so many Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday games lately. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you get, get them on a Monday-Wednesday schedule at any time, I, I love the play of Phil. Um, you kind of said it there, Brock. If the goals start coming, this is a guy who's perennial twenty-plus goal scorer, and it doesn't matter if he's getting old; he's still, you know, he still has, still has that goal scoring bug in him. Um, if he can get the goals going a little bit, the assists are right there. So it could. Uh, it's kind of crazy that it could get better for Phil. So bottom of the roster guy, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, I think we talked about him um, earlier in the season as a as a decent option, um, just because of the minutes and the opportunity, and obviously the upside that he's flashed before, um, and you know. It always kind of struck me just how drastic of a drop-off it was for him going from Pittsburgh to Arizona. It was like 82 points his last year in Pittsburgh, and then something like 39 or 40 yeah. his first year in Arizona. So um, kind of just always make me think if he got a decent supporting cast or even just found some line mates that he really clicked with that he could potentially you know push somewhere near that upside again. So yeah, I'm buying into a certain degree, and especially while he's hot, because like I said, he's going to be playing those minutes, right? So I think he's uh, one of the better pickups right now. Yeah, and you know, obviously a lot of it probably has to do with Clayton Keller, but we've seen him put up nice numbers with Keller and Travis... Um Travis Boyd, now Johan Larson, like doesn't have the who, who the who's who of centers for sure, but still putting up solid numbers. Um, as we're talking about the, the the playing time, averaging 18 minutes per game over that 19 game stretch, and um, you know maybe not a pickup for this week with two games left uh, in the week, both against the Avalanche on a back to back. Not really a great setup, but maybe Adam on Sunday. Looking forward to next week. They've got four games. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday against the Canadians the Devils and the Islanders. So three really nice matchups there on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then they've got, he's got a fourth game in New York against the Rangers on Saturday. So uh, Phil Kessel, maybe not a, a long-term option at this point in time, but definitely somebody worth streaming and somebody that can give you points on a nightly basis, especially with that many games. Uh, 
Eric Howa up next. We've seen his own percentage skyrocket as of late. Not really skyrocket, but rise pretty steadily up to 60%. For Halla percentages, that's skyrocketing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 68% owned. He's currently centering the second line in Boston. Coming out of the break, they decided to break up the, t- the big three. Uh, the second line is now Eric Howla centering Taylor Hall and David Pasternak. Uh, also seeing some, some usage on the second power play unit. And uh, Hal has been solid. Not really a guy that's ever put up massive uh, point totals outside of his random 29-goal, 55-point season in Vegas in 2018. But uh, he's looked, you know, pretty solid on this second line for the Bruins as of late. He he entered tonight. I don't think he has points yet, but he entered tonight on a five-game point streak. Look at that, Eric Howla. Yeah. Uh, two goals, three assists, one point in each of those games. But obviously playing with Pasternak and Hall... Um, it seems to be kind of working for the Bruins. The offense woke up a little bit as of late. We've seen uh, some chowder out of Taylor Hall saying he absolutely loves playing with David Pasternak, which how could you yeah, not? Who would have sure. thought, dude? Yeah. yeah. So Taylor maybe Hall this is something that sticks for a little bit. Um, and I, I think of the you know 32 players we're going to mention today, Eric Howell is probably the best option for a speculative ad in the short term just to see where this goes. Because the, the, you, know, you really couldn't ask for a better spot in the lineup. Yeah, I actually have him stuck on my roster right now i, I, I picked him up uh, yeah i picked him up as a, a streaming play last week and just haven't been able to drop him yet because yeah i think if you have room for him um he's worth playing and holding on to so long as he's centering taylor hall and, and david pasternak martian's got a hat trick already tonight so that first line is cooking as well so there's definitely a chance that um if both lines you know continue to produce that um these combinations stick for a while. Uh, I know we talked about how we were skeptical last week of, of, you know, how long they would really keep them apart. And I, I do still think, you know, that by season's end, we'll see them back together, Marchand, Bergeron and Pasternak in, in some capacity at five V five. But yeah, for the time being, I mean, how can you not want to pick up the guy that's centering Taylor Hall um, and David Pasternak? There's not a whole lot more to think about than that. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy. and goes to show just how much his value has grown. Um, you said five game point streak. For a guy who only has 10 points in 31 games. But um, it, it just shows, you know, that he's the hot hand right now. We've seen Hall do it before. He did it in Carolina in previous years. He's kind of doing it here again. Um, you know, I don't want to don't beat the bush any harder than it has to be. Um, yeah, if you got if you got a spot at the bottom of your roster. Um, but, Brock, you did say that there's, um, there's probably not a more, you know, speculative ad that you want to go forward with. But I'm actually going to disagree. I think that the next guy you mentioned here um, is someone who I would like to add and see where it goes. Um, Speaking just really quickly before we move on here to the Buffalo Sabers, um, you know I, they've they obviously had to break up the the top six and somebody had to replace Pashnek on that top line. Craig Smith is the guy that's done that, um, and he you know he had a pretty nice start, cooled off a little bit. He's got a point again tonight, um, and he's just ten percent owned. Yeah. So um, you know this is a guy who was a must own last year when fantasy playoffs came around because um, he was just on a heater. So it's not like he's he's unknown to fantasy rosters. No, and and he's somebody that put up pretty solid numbers, pretty consistent numbers year year in and year out in Nashville. Uh, so so just as much as Howla deserves to be owned at 16%, Craig Smith, um, and also gives you some wing eligibility there uh, at 10% owned. Uh, Alex Tuck, 23% owned for the Buffalo Sabres, is next. Uh, got off to a really uh, quite a nice start in, his Sabres, in a Sabres uniform um, and then ran into the basically inevitable COVID-19 protocol. Uh, one goal, two assists, three points in his first three games in a Sabres uniform. Averaging a career high so far of over 17 minutes per game. Um, you know, Alex Tuck's a guy that always produced pretty modest totals in, in a secondary role in Vegas, but it uh, looks like a guy that's going to be leaned on very, very heavily in Buffalo 
early on here. So uh, I think there's a lot to like about Alex Tuck. Always a player that we as a podcast have been fond of um, and probably, you know, never got the run that we probably thought he deserved. And it looks like that's certainly going to be the case in Buffalo, whether it's with Tage Thompson or Dylan Cousins. I don't know if it particularly matters. No. Yeah, hopefully he can just stay healthy now because it seemed like whenever he was getting that run in the top six with Vegas, he would run into some kind of injury that would knock him out of the lineup for a month or two. Um, but yeah, it's obviously, you know, three points in three games. He's off to a really nice start, playing 17 minutes a night. Um, hopefully we'll see the shot totals start to go up, four shots in three games. And um, part of what's always attracted us to him is his shot volume. He can, he's been flirting with uh, two and a half, three shots a game um, pretty much his whole career, despite the fact that he's, you know, always kind of topped out around 15, 16 minutes. So hopefully an expanded role, even on a, a shittier team, um, he'll be able to, to put up um, some decent counting stats. Um, but yeah, I, I, like you said, I think it's a really good speculative ad. Uh, and yeah, we'll finally, hopefully get to see him get the, uh, the kind of opportunity we've been hoping for. Yeah. I think it goes to say a lot too, for someone to put up 17 minutes coming off, a, uh, off, off an injury like that, where you miss half the year, step right into the lineup, drop 17 NHL's, you know, the best league in the world. So to do that, Incredibly, that that says something. I think he's just really getting started here. Obviously, a point per game, you know, that's better than we'd ever expect. But I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing him touching 20 minutes in a couple weeks when those legs get behind him, seeing those shots go up at that 20 minutes. Because like you said, you know, you need a little bit more than four in three games. But get a couple more minutes, that's gonna happen. And uh, and Brock kind of alluded it to to it there. We 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 didn't even see him really play a secondary role in Vegas. It was like a What's the term? Churchary? A third? Yeah, yeah. you got it. Um, you nailed it. Yeah, Don't I'm, doubt yourself. I'm on fire. Look at my brain. But uh, it, we, it was almost like, fuck, can you guys give him more than 13 minutes? We'd love to see it. It was like Alex Tuck and Nino Niederreiter riding on the same bus all year. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's going to be good to see him get some time. There's always one line you can like in Buffalo. And uh, maybe not like, but you can ride in Buffalo. <laughs> and for now, uh, you know, it's, it's just very intriguing. Um, I think it's, uh, like D said, he's just got to stay healthy. And uh, not get COVID. Um, so yeah, and four games for them next week: uh, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, or sorry, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for three of them. So not the greatest schedule, but they do have a game Monday against the Red Wings. Always a good opportunity. Um, and, and I would imagine that Alex Tuck will be back in the lineup. Yeah, he's back uh, tomorrow. I believe. Yeah, by that point, so he he should be good to go. And, uh, and and yeah, hopefully we can see him continue to play a big role. Uh, Oliver Shillington uh, apparently, <laughs> Beebs, yeah. you you thought it was Kylington, which I I, I, I thought th- it was Killington. I thought it was the greatest name ever. I I, I thought like uh, you know I, I think that most people probably would tell think me how that. a K and a Y translates to Shillington. Um, I got to be time off. you got because we got to dig yeah. pretty deep into the Swedish <laughs> just, language. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah I don't have that much time. <laughs> um, but if you take a look at his hockey reference page, you can see right here Oliver Chillington. So it says C H. Yeah, so is it Ch- Chillington Ch- or Ch- Chillington? Yeah. Chillington. We got to get Oliver on the pod and ask him. I don't Let's know. Go, I train. don't know if he will because some people didn't even know we had a podcast. So getting in Oliver Chillington on the pod seems like a, a lofty. If, well, ass. most people don't even know how to say his name. Yeah. So we're ahead of the curve there. Let yeah. me try to talk to the O train. See what we can do. Right. Chillington yeah. averaging over twenty minutes, forty-one <laughs> seconds in his last twelve games here, where he has seven points, one goal, six assists. Um, he's been. It, it, it's really remarkable because he was on waivers uh, to start the season. Nobody claimed him. I remember Twitter clamoring for their teams to claim this guy. And, Someone and then, tried, but they put in an SH name. Yeah, so that's yeah. Why they they, they claimed some it. other random AHL yeah. named Shillington. Um, but yeah, you know he. Uh, 
He's been really, really good uh, all season long. He did see some run on the top power play unit recently um, at practice on, um, what's today, Wednesday. Yep. He was back on the second unit. So I'm um, not going to see an extended run there at this point in time, but just still somebody that's getting the job done uh, more often than not at 5v5. This is probably like my favorite D-man on this list, maybe even my favorite I think he's the only D-man on this list. No, there's a couple other juicy ones, but you might actually be right now that I'm going down it. Um, but he might, he might, he's a top three player on here for me. It's kind of crazy when we play Brock's favorite extrapolation game that he plays in his free time. I love the extrapolation um, game. With the points he has across 24 games this year, that would put him at 65 points and 219 shots across an 82-game season. You know how much we love shooting. That's nearly three shots a game, um, and that's beautiful from a D-man who's playing low minutes. You mentioned it. The guy's on waivers earlier in the year. He's not going to be playing 25, 26 minutes, so he really hasn't. He's been around the 20, 23-some games. Um, but yeah, plus 10, there's really not much, much to dislike here. And I think it's a classic case of he's going to get more ice and it helps when Rasmus Anderson's really the only D man in front of you on that power play, I, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the, the scariest of offensive options up there. You're not trying to get past a headman or like a Morgan Riley, something like someone who's just kind of pegged in on a, on a top power play. So if there's anyone who could step and in. And we've already that, seen him move up yeah, it, yeah, with it, Anderson healthy. And with uh, just showing this offensive ability, it's kind of crazy. I mean, obviously at the same time, it's, he's a perfect regression candidate. We can talk about that as well too, because if he doesn't see that ice. But for now, I think a lot of people are holding on to shitty third or fourth D-man options. And, and you can afford to play a guy like this who's not going to hurt your plus minus, who's, you know, you can ride while he's hot. Or if he's not hot, you know what? Go back and get your shitty guy off the water. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I you know I think it's not easy to find um, decent, suitable fantasy defensemen on the wire. So yeah, I think he's a he's a good target right now in that sense. And the shot volume is what is really impressive. Uh, he's got 32 shots in his last 12 games as well. Um, that's corresponded with that uptick in ice time. So uh, yeah, really really promising signs there. Um, and yeah, not going to find a lot of better options uh, for defensemen on the waiver wire. In the first uh, 11 games of the season, he was averaging 16 minutes per game, um, 19.49 in his last 21 games. So it was really carved out a, a, a nice role. And if you take a look at natural stature right now, he is 10th among an NHL defensemen in terms of points per 60 at even strength. So even without um, that 5v5 usage, a guy playing almost 20 minutes a night, ranking 10th among defensemen in terms of points per 60 at even strength, obviously somebody that you can rely on to continue to produce, especially playing on a Calgary team that has had plenty of success this season. We've got Nino Niederreiter coming up next. 30% owned for the Carolina Hurricanes. Nino uh, is a far cry from the player we all, well, mostly me, thought he would become, um, but still pretty solid nonetheless. Um, You know, not really a whole lot to say about Nino Niederreiter that hasn't already been said on this podcast before. Um, Has seen some time on the top line with Sebastian Ajo. Um, Also will bounce back pretty frequently with Jordan Stahl. So to me, I think he's a streaming target uh, whenever he is on that top line with Sebastian Ajo. When he's not, you put him back on the waiver wire. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, two games left this week. We've got Thursday and Saturday, so not probably somebody you're really looking at targeting this week. Um, heading into next week, they have three games, um, one game on Friday, but really not probably somebody you're, you're looking at That's unless he moves contract. back up with Sebastian Aho. Moving on, Jonathan Taves, 34% owned. Taves had one of the 
slowest starts among anybody in the NHL. The slowest. Uh, yeah, like I'm, just I'm the worst. Um, he, you know, it was it was actually kind of becoming a bit of a joke on Twitter. Like, would he ever score again? He he would score a goal, but then he would get called back. He hit like 104 posts. He just could not it's find be a the back. Chicago of- thing. Do you remember the year that Duncan Keith was on pace for like 300 yeah. shots, but no goals? So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, someone has to sacrifice their goals for Chicago. Somebody, eh? But uh, yeah, and his last. 11 games he has picked up seven points four goals three assists um shooting 28.6 percent over that stretch i i have no interest really uh, i just think that he you know deserves a little bit of, of a shadow just for what he's finally started to do a little bit but just 14 shots in those 11 games um he's often third in the pecking order in terms of time on ice for centers they lean very heavily on kirby doc so there's not really a whole lot left there uh for um Jonathan Taves after Kirby Doc and then whoever they end up deciding to put with, with Patrick Kane. But even even if it's, you know, Henrik Borkstrom or Dylan Strome with Patrick Kane, Kirby Doc still plays 20 minutes a night regardless. Yeah, I I do think there's still some value there as like a streaming option and again in deeper leagues just because even though Doc's kind of surpa- uh, surpassed him uh, a bit this year on, on the depth chart, he's still getting that time at the top unit and he's still playing around 17, 18 minutes a night, um, which is nothing to be scoffed at on the wire. Obviously it pills in, in comparison to what we're used to seeing Taves um, take on at 5v5 but yeah uh nothing more than a streaming slash deep league target for me right now i'm gonna be honest a 34 percent own percentage needs to drop way 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 down yeah, that's straight little, straight center it's a little aggressive yeah that i would rather exactly. phil kessel straight center eligible assist first guy i mean you've gotten four goals out of them all year um we mentioned the slow start but at the same time never really been that goal first guy um you know i i, I kind of want nothing to do with this guy unless they're playing against arizona or just a shit team um, but yeah, you know, if if you can stream him, like D said, he he is higher up the up the lineup. Um, we play in a twelve team league, so you do often see him getting picked up for one night. That makes total sense. But thirty four percent, we're gonna talk about probably everyone on this list who's lower than that, who deserves to be more owned than Jonathan Taze on fantasy rosters right now. Um, it's class, it's classic case. We're just watching a name, you know, hold its value. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it, you got to let go of the name value here at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're not talking about Captain Canada anymore. Eric Howler just got headbutted uh, by Chris Weidman, so that's something. So oh, Chris that's, Weidman, yeah, our boy Howler just good. gets headbutted, so that's hilarious. That's, Pulled that up there for the boys. Um, but yeah, just name value. I would much rather have Phil Kessel and Alex Tuck, uh, the guys that we've talked about yeah. so far, than um, Jonathan Taves at this point. Valerie Nachushkin, 26% owned in Colorado, just came back into the lineup, back on a line with Nazem Kadri. Where else um, would you rather be in that lineup? Yeah, right? I mean, it's funny right? because he, he <laughs> did go up for a little bit um, in, in, in his return to the lineup when they were down. I think you were probably watching. They were down yeah, three or four. One. They were kind Nichushkin of went up lineup. with McKinnon and Rantanen. He, he produced uh, back on a line with – I accidentally went to Kadri. Um, back on a line with Kadri, who's leading the NHL in assists uh, <laughs> at the moment. But, yeah, Nichushkin's just an absolute train. Biebs, you would know best watching them night in and night out. But on the forecheck, there is just – um, you know, no so better, big, no so better. fast. Yeah, he's so big and so fast. Exactly, he's, he's just like, outstanding on the season. Seventeen points, ten goals, seven assists in twenty games. He's got fifty shots over that stretch, so over two and a half shots per game. Uh, but he is shooting twenty percent. Obviously, a bit of a red flag, but. I mean, we're not looking on this list for guys that we need to be amazing. These are just waiver wire targets that we can take a look at moving forward for the next couple weeks even um, and see what happens. He's playing with the hottest, the assist leader in the NHL. You know, at this point, just grab him because you want to watch Kadri play some puck out there. So watch an abs game. I'm just kidding. But uh, but, uh, I don't know. I think 26% owned. 
Maybe even should be a little higher if we're talking about Taze 100%. at 34. 100%. Um, even, you know what, I, I'll fully admit, I watched probably 90% of Av games. I didn't realize that he was putting up stats <laughs> like this, that he was just three points below a point per game. It helps right now. We've, we've seen a little bit of inflation with Landis Cog out with COVID. Um, Landis Cog will be back in a matter of time. But even when that happens, he does produce. Um, like you said, if you have shorthanded goals in your league, he has two shorthanded goals, four shorthanded points. Really not that bad um, if, if you do have that category going. Um, I don't mind this guy. It's just, you know, a plug and play. Like I said, maybe get a little bit higher. I could see him being 35%, Taze being 26 um, or way lower. Brock mentioned it, two and a half shots per game. I test and Shushkin looks like, you know, he should be better than he always is. Maybe some things are clicking now. Obviously, they are. Everything that Nazem Kadri touches turns to Remember gold. Remember when Nachushkin was like the highest touted prospect ever? Like yeah. that his and first Dallas season, everybody wanted him, him and then four. Dallas ruined him and then and he, he left. It's just amazing. And now just he's been... He like, left, right? He went to the K. Yeah, yeah, he went to the K, came back for a year, and then uh, Colorado picked him up as like a role guy for a million dollars. And nice. uh, he's never looked back. But he's great, you know, guy to just fill in where you need him. Um, yeah, he can play anywhere in that lineup. Plus a- 11 and 20 games, it's kind of just like Chillington. He's not going to hurt you. No. It was at all. There's obviously some regression coming there, just like there is with Naz, yeah. inevitably. Naz um, isn't going to put up 140? Yeah. Well, no. they've He's on I mean, pace. He might, he's on pace. They've each just got like a 15 and 16% on ice shooting percentage, which is super high. Um, so, yeah, we would expect that to come back down earth sooner than later. But obviously, like I think right now, like, you know, we don't like riding hot streaks too much, but there's just something otherworldly going on right now with Nazem Kadri. I think Nachushkin's been a part of that when he is healthy, and he's just playing so much, too. I, he just came back from injury 19, 22 minutes a night. Real quick, I just want to say, Nazem Kadri has 52 games to get 13 points to match his previous career high of 61. I don't know I've been happen, expecting man. him to cool off for, like, two months, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah. He's just been insane. Anyone who I've ever talked to fantasy-related has that classic, like, I was picking him up just for a couple games, and now he's just my best player. Like, yeah. You bet, dude. Like, yeah, he might be one of the greatest, maybe the single greatest waiver wire pickup in fantasy hockey history right now. Like, there's been some good pickups over the years. Yeah, but how often do you get a top five th- score? Th- he's the, like, it's maybe the greatest pickup of all time. Unbelievable. Yeah. Boone uh, Jenner's next on the list here, 32% owned. Um, you know, the Blue Jackets don't score a ton, but Boone Jenner does center a line with Patrick Laine. He actually continues to lead this team in goals. He has six points, not, uh, three goals, three assists in his last nine. He's playing over 20 minutes a night. Again, this is not somebody that I'm going to be, uh, you know, going out and, and, and adding for sure, but if the schedule lines up, you know you're getting guaranteed minutes. You know you're getting guaranteed pretty good line mates. And uh, if you're in a league that, that rewards face-off wins i mean i don't think you could find anybody better um I, I know those leagues are few and far between but this is definitely something to consider if you are in those leagues and boone jenner is somehow still available three games next week you can wait until later in the week to pick him up they play thursday friday sunday and sunday against the ottawa Senators. could cap off with a big cap the week off with a big night yeah he's a really nice um streaming option just because he like he's a legitimate goal threat right mm. he's shoots almost three times a game yep uh, he's top 30 minutes. before in his career. Uh, so, yeah, he, he consistently scores, you know, around 15 goals a season, which is obviously nothing huge, but he's on a, a nice heater to start this year. Already got 14 goals, uh, shooting more this year, too, shooting, and only shooting 15%, so nothing crazy high. Uh, but, yeah, you know, if you're picking him up and starting him on a random game, there's actually a decent chance he can find the back of the net. 
uh, which is huge because that can help you out in so many different areas in, in fantasy puck. Yeah, just uh, going back to that nine-game stretch I alluded to earlier over that span, averaging 3.2 shots per game. Anything to add on Boone, Biebs? Just you mentioned it, you know, Line A hasn't been Lining's been out for a couple weeks now. We just saw him come back. That can only help Booner. Um, Keep an eye on him. I think 32% is pretty ideal for this guy. Um, But you're you're not going to find someone who plays 20-plus forward on the waiver wire. So there we go. Absolutely not. Dennis Kiryanov, we're just going to probably gloss over him a little bit at 16% owned uh, because he was added to the COVID-19 protocol list. But this is a guy that we kind of all expected to break out. Um, You know, he finished the year off uh, quite strong in 2020. He had 20 goals in just 64 games, did not do nearly anything you know, nearly enough in 2021. You know, we saw him playing like third, fourth line minutes in his rookie season, still scored 20 goals, expected more things to come with the ice time, saw the ice time, did not produce. (laughs) To start this season, um, Giryanov really did not do much of anything at all. In his first 27 games, he had just eight points, but he's picked up um, six points in his last four games. So he started to heat up. Um, I think it's kind of coincided with the fact that he was reunited with Tyler Segan and Jamie Benn, and that trio has finally started to, to look like something resembling what we would expect Tyler Segan and Jamie Benn to look like. They're playing better, hopefully a sign of things to come, but at the end of the day, that's a one-line hockey club. That one line scores fucking three goals a night, and nobody can stop them. So unless your name is Rupe Hintz, Jason Robertson, or Joe Pavelski, I hardly want you. Joe Pavelski. What He's a world. A He's I know. It's just, it's just crazy that like 38-year-old Joe Pavelski is the best player on the Stars, save for Jason Robertson. But yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to add on Guiriano at this point in time. Obviously, we all like his upside long-term. Uh, really shitty that you know he caught the bug right now because I guess the worst said, time for him. Yeah, he was just finally starting to get that ice time really for the first time this year. Um, so yeah, hopefully he can get back healthy soon. No sort of you know any long term complications with it. Wish him all the best, and then uh, hopefully he gets right back to eating those big minutes. But you know we'll see. It's obviously not always a given with with COVID that they're going to be back right away, uh, ready to take on a hundred percent of a full load worth of minutes. So we'll see. I've been fooled by Dennis Menes before. Um, I'm probably going to be fooled again by him. And um, you know what? I, I can't wait for it to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't want to add anything more. It was, uh, it was when he is out there, he's noticeable as shit. He's a, he's a tall, yeah. lanky six, four giraffe who just tends to have his stick on the buck a lot. So when, it's, it's like one of those cases of it's got a click, um, but I hate having it on my fantasy team. Um, speaking of one-line hockey clubs, the Detroit Red Wings, Lucas Raymond, Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin. Line hockey terrific, club. terrific line. Are we going to talk about team, my boy? rest of the team, not that great. P.S. Suter's been a pretty solid addition to the Detroit Red Wings. But D's boy. D's boy. Just probably not enough uh, to warrant fantasy consideration at this point in time. I think We Suter, love Swiss hockey players, yeah. by the way. Yes. Nino, Timo, and Pius. And, uh, yeah. I think we just like good Jonas first Jonas <laughs> Yeah. Big, big Martin Gurvey. Yeah. Yes, he was terrific. Roman Yossi, you love Yossi. I love Roman Yossi. Yeah, my, David my Norris Trophy pick. <laughs> yeah, I've liked Switzerland for you know. It's just I feel like they're they have that country that's kind of been like you know. They always upset. They seem like they have obviously Heischer too, but they seem like you they said ha- Nico. Did we? Yeah, I said Timo and Nico. I said Pius, Timo, Nico, Nino. I said. Oh, and Nico. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you said Nico. Nino. No, Swiss. Swiss to me for like five, maybe the last five to ten years, even just seems like they're the country closest on the edge to kind of breaking into that that top tier, which I think is great. The more countries that kind of get on the level of Canada, us, Russia, Finland, Sweden, um, the better, it's just going to make it a more global and competitive sport internationally. So 
always pulling for Swiss hockey and to see a guy like Pius come over as a 24 year old rookie and, and uh, hang in there last year was fun. So I'm always rooting for him. If you're in Switzerland like listening to this podcast, rookie? make sure you give us a shout out on Twitter. Maybe yeah. if we have enough fans, we'll go to Switzerland, do a live DFO podcast. Our first road trip will be to Switzerland yeah. because and I didn't mean the- to disrespect the Czechs and the Slovaks, by the way, no. by leaving them off that list. No, certainly not. But the, the, the Swiss have been terrific. But anyways, um, a bit of a sidebar there going back to Pia Suter. He's been you know solid for the wings. Like I said, nice addition in terms of fantasy value. Not really a whole lot you know outside of that top line. He's gone cold a little bit but he did have a stretch where he was red hot so um i think the one thing to you know when you're looking at a detroit red wings player if they're on the road you probably just ignore them um if they're playing at home they're probably going to win the hockey game because that's just what the detroit red wings are doing right now but Suter did have a stretch where he had 11 points in 14 games he's cooled off on this road trip so uh when they return home maybe he's worth consideration but i i don't think that's how you run in your fantasy hockey club so we're gonna move along to another guy who is in uh, COVID-19 protocol, uh, but should exit soon. That's Kyler Yamamoto in Edmonton. Yamamoto really, you know, emerged onto the scene a few years ago. What was it? 20, what did he have? Like 26 points in 26 games or something? 27 like that. Games, it was like yeah. one off a point per game. A yeah. 26 back. and 27 uh, was great. Everyone's like, holy shit, this guy's going to be an absolute stud. He followed that up with 21 points in 52 games. Just didn't even match his previous season total. Um, and then since then, he just really hasn't He's on much. pace for another 28 point year. Yeah. Just, just disastrous stuff from him. But um, he has improved recently. I mean, you, how could you not? You play on a line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Leon Dreitzel exclusively. Like, you're the only guy that plays there. And he stole he, PP one time from the boy Jesse Puyarvi. So, like, I, he's like, uh, yeah, like, I could be getting these points. On yeah, he's never going to see PP one when both Puyarvi and Hyman are healthy. But... He has seen he has seen some uses there. Regardless, he's averaging 19 minutes a night in his last six games. He has six points, two goals, four assists in six games. Um, this is a classic case of just like a guy that could not be in a better spot. Uh, obviously, the the floor is pretty low considering he shoots the puck like one time per game if you're lucky. Um, but you know, playing on that top line or second line, I should say, there's got to be something that's going to give here eventually, and he's going to be somebody who's going to somewhat resemble that near point per game player we saw for a stretch no like yeah or is he just bad at hockey i think he's bad at hockey but it's it's a classic (laughs) it's a classic it's like crazy that he has more goals than assists yet he never shoots and he plays with leon dry when are they playing again uh they play next thursday i think (laughs) next thursday as in like Eight days from now, or seven days. Oh no, days they might have a game recording. this weekend. I don't know. Let me. They're look. they're postponed again tonight. All I know is that everyone who rode Connor McDavid in last year's playoffs is is all mad right now because they're they friggin' don't get to use them. But there you sure. go. You don't have your cheat. Your they have a game. But I mean, their games are being postponed. I know. Which is when they kind of get bailed out. Be, uh, they got a game scheduled for Saturday against the Senators, and then they don't play again until next Thursday. And how's Connie doing? Is, is he hanging in there? He was back on the ice this morning. Everyone's mom in Canada sent him soup when he was sick. Yeah, yeah, he was back on the ice this morning. He's good, good to go for, for and Saturday. Good. Now good. the 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 rumors are back out of the trade, Connor. So that's well, they're going to sign a Vander Kane. That's you know maybe that'll bump him out of the Yamamoto out of the top six. I mean, they traded, they Gre- they up- traded Gretzky, so I, w- I won't put yeah. anything past them. But. And Ken Holland <laughs> believes in second chances. It's Evander's, like, 13th. But My favorite thing is, like, I saw someone on Twitter, and then they justify it with, I'm an Edmonton fan, though. It's like, I don't care if you're a fan. You can't justify trading Connor McDavid. You can just make dumb points and say. Are we talking about the same thing? Beebs yeah. mentioned trading him, and then that's why I said they traded 
Gretzky, they can do anything. And We're then, talking about so I'm just talking about Evander Kane by myself. A little bit. Well, yeah, okay. you're like the guy in the corner talking about Evander I, I just, Kane. It means you just don't want to touch it. I just... Uh, but He's yeah, like the Antonio Brown of the NHL, right? Yeah. Just Except like just issue. nowhere near as good as Antonio yeah. Brown. Like, yeah, good enough was. that he keeps getting these yeah. callbacks, but like an issue every single time. And it's a more ridiculous And he just hasn't done anything quite egregious enough to... Really get him the boot. Yeah, but it's been pretty fishy. There's been some... A lot, of, investig- stuff in lot of investigations, and then it's just like he just can't deal with COVID nineteen either. It's like COVID nineteen yeah. protocol. But I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. If, That's from a hockey perspective. It's it's hard not to think that he wouldn't be a good fit. Yeah, top well, he'd be six, a great fit. You'd think from a hockey point of view, is it worth all the headaches it brings in? I don't know. Especially a team that's struggling and about to fire their coach, probably, and the locker room is probably not. Seems like a hail mary from Kenny Halls, if you ask me. But yeah, I mean, I like it a lot more than Duncan Keith at five mil on the back end. Uh, we're not talking about Yamamoto, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Anton Lindell next, 9%. Lindell, um, you know, somebody that moved up into the top six. I think a lot of his recent production, is, you know, correlates with the fact that he moved into the top six while Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhart uh, were out of the lineup. But Lindell, all in all, has had a pretty solid rookie campaign. Um, dating back to the middle of December, he has nine points in his last nine games. Um, the, the thing about... Lindell is he does play quite a bit more often than not averaging around 17 minutes per game um, in the last few months so uh, again I, he's center eligible only um, really not a whole lot of love there but if you're in a keeper league I think he's somebody worth targeting um, because I think he does have a bright future ahead of him it, it, it's gonna be you know murky when he ends up you know playing full-time top six minutes in Florida there's a quite a few roadblocks in the way but he's already still playing 17 minutes a night and they rely on him very yeah. heavily um, but just not a guy that's ever gonna leap into that top power play unit this season and, and just really doesn't hold a lot of weight moving forward yeah, in, in, I, in a redraft league I think like he's certainly one you have to keep an eye on because I he's one Sam Bennett injury or mm-hmm. positive mm-hmm. test away from being like a must add for however long he's playing with Huberto. Yeah, yeah which um, was that which was last yeah. week. But yeah. that's the exciting thing about him and as like a keeper league perspective is that it's not hard to imagine even just one two years down the road like with the way they've built their lineup you know it's basically in the last couple of years uh, since they've kind of split up Barkov and Huberto like really all he needs to leapfrog is Sam Bennett. Yeah, obviously he's not going to play with Barkov. They're they're both centermen, uh, strict centermen. So yeah, like. You know, the end goal is playing with Huberto. He's already playing 17 minutes a night. So, really, we just need that um, quality of line mates to improve. So, if you can leapfrog Sam Bennett, which is tough to do because they love them some Sam Bennett. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's easy to imagine it, like I said, happening within a year or two. So, pretty exciting upside, I think, within the, I guess, the medium term, two oh, or three yeah. years. If Sam Bennett misses a month, let's just say. Yeah. For that month, Anton Lindell is probably a top 24 center. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, so this is what he was a third overall pick a few years back. Um, do you think it's a coincidence though? I meet him in the streets of Pittsburgh. He was 12th overall. Seven games later, he's got eight points since then. Come on, boys. It's the Beebs. He got bumped blessing. up nine spots when Beebs met him. It's yeah. Beebs <laughs> yeah. blessing. He was a 12th fellas. overall pick, but then he met Beebs and he's like, third. third and it, me and Landis Cog <laughs> interact on Instagram and he gets COVID. So uh, it goes both ways. It swings both Hold sides. Hold on. You, but, uh, him interacting was, was him our bombing Oh, yeah. Right? I got our bombed hard. He nice. read one of your responses. We've, uh, we've had when you send him 100 before. messages a week, he's going to no, read one eventually. I've, uh, I've only sent him two since we last. We did go back and forth. So weird. Hey. Tw- I love you tweeting about an R bomb. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> How many of your captains are reading your messages, boys? I don't message them. Yeah. I'm not a fucking weirdo. You guys would have to find a captain. First. I messaged John uh, when he was hurt last year, and he responded and said, "I'm okay," like yeah, right said, away I'm before great. he was even off the ice. He so. said, "My melon feels yeah. nice." He caught in. It didn't R bomb me. He liked my tweet. He liked my message. Liked so. 
You had to yeah. call his wife. Hey, like John like, told me I'm, he's fine. Yeah, actually, when Duvis tried to call her, the line was busy because yeah, I was talking. Talking to Z. Yeah, when he was running down the thing. It was <laughs> hey, boys, the bee's blessing. It's a thing. Um, but yeah, yeah no, he's I, like, did you call her? I was like, yeah, don't worry, Kyle. <laughs> we got it under control. All right, um, moving on. We don't need to talk. I grab Anton Lundell though, especially if you're in a keeper league. But yeah, if you're yeah. not in a keeper league, great bottom roster fella. All right, uh, we had a bit of an argument about this pre-show. Uh, I like Trevor Moore at three percent owned. Three goals, seven assists, ten points in his last eleven games. Twenty-five shots on goal, playing fifteen minutes a night. Um, Ooh, I, I loved it, this guy in Toronto, and it was sad to see him just get yeah, banished. Yeah, he works hard. Just for the record, you know, fifteen yeah. minutes a night over that stretch, but he's in quick his last too. seven games, he has eight points and he's averaging sixteen and a half minutes a night. Um, the reason I like Trevor Moore, and it's you know, I'm not, I'm not in love with Trevor Moore. I don't, yeah. you know, need to be picking him up in twelve team mm, leagues. I don't know. But in deeper leagues, just I think he's he's definitely worth a speculative ad in the short term. He plays. On a line with Victor Arvidsson and Philip Deneau, and that line absolutely rakes. It's the same thing that Philip Deneau did in Montreal forever. They produce the most insane amount of scoring chances for, um, and they don't always score, but they do every now and again. And if Trevor Moore is going to play exclusively on that line, we saw Thomas Tatar, we saw Brendan Gallagher be plenty fantasy relevant for a few seasons, and Trevor Moore is it can 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 saddle in there and, and be yeah. And be but solved. you're four games next week, Monday. And Sunday matchups. You're so Trevor Moore next week. I like Trevor Moore. Compare Trevor Moore's offensive scoring abilities, Brandon Gallagher or Thomas Tatar. Both thirty. He's not shooting men. for the stars. Both that. thirty goal. Well, men. yeah, but um, no, I, I think Trevor Moore can have just as much success on the win. I, I think Phil yeah. Deneau as Thomas Tatar can. I, I think, well, I mean, yeah, you're, I think it's he's an unknown quantity, right? So to Brock's point, in a way, like he's never played more than twelve or thirteen minutes a night. Like he's. For Never got reason. the opportunity to play consistent minutes, and now he's getting that with a guy in Philip Deneau who's always going to make sure they're in the opposition. But is he really getting so. consistent minutes at 15 tonight? That's like, who knows? I don't mind him. It's like, okay, he's a hot hand right now, but he needs to get more than 15. Yeah, no, he it's, doesn't have any power play time. It's like, it's super far from, from a sure thing, but I, I think the one thing that's kind of attractive about it is he's 24 years old, and like I said, 26. he's just. Yeah. 26? Yeah. I think, I just think he's a perennial third line. He, That's why he's been there. My main point is just he's never got this kind of run in the NHL, so we don't know what he's going to do with that kind of opportunity. Yeah. Massive right? years at the University of Denver. Up. Massive years at the, with the Marlies when he was still in the Maple Leafs farm yeah. system. You're calling a 39 and 46 a massive year in the minors? That's big year. I'm calling that's big year in the NHL. It's good it, year. And I think the one thing that's worth mentioning about, and again, like we don't need to give to Trevor Moore this much he's getting way airways, much. but they have top, top-end prospects in Los Angeles, and he's playing above them every single night. Arthur Kaliev, Alex Turcotte, he's playing above them on the depth chart every yeah. single night. They no, obviously like him. Not, I mean, they've yeah. kept him there for like three years, and he was like a, a throw-in in the deal, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think, like I said, he's unknown quantity. He wouldn't be like one of the first ten guys I pull off this list. And no, and like team. I said, if, if you're in a deep league. But, I, yeah, if he all of a sudden like was just – if he had like 20 goals by the end of the season, it, it wouldn't shock me because, like I said, you just never got that type of opportunity. And sometimes guys surprise you when you give them the ice time. I uh, had to break the rules a little bit for this next guy. And after this one, we'll take a quick break, give you some blue stones and head back, finish the second half of the show. Matsu Guerrero, 46% owned, the highest owned player on this list today. But there was really nobody to talk about yeah. in Minnesota other than Matt Zuccarello. All you the had players, Boldy. Explain. Yeah, Matt, Matt Boldy was there, but he was sent down because Kaprizov, Joel Eriksson are back on Friday, so he's gone. The boys. Um, 
But uh, Zuccarello plays exclusively on that top line with Ryan Hartman and Kirill Kaprizov. That line has been outstanding all season long. The underlying numbers support everything that they've done to date in his last 16 games. You've got six goals, 12 assists, 18 points, over a point per game for Matt Zuccarello, playing nearly 20 minutes a night over that stretch, 40 shots on goal. I mean, there's not really anything to dislike about Matt Zuccarello. That's the most exciting part, like to see him up around two shots a game because he's been like lucky to get to one and a half shots since he's been in Minnesota. Yeah. And you basically just have to rely on the assists, which are nice. But yeah, I mean, point per game player, 41% owned. It's just, it's not enough. It's crazy. He's been like this since last year too. I remember he was over point per game. We were talking about it. And that's when he was shooting, you know, like nothing. And we're like, this has got to stop. But at the same time, ride him while you can. And people just don't want to touch it. But it's, you know, if you, if you, if you want a point per game, I guess, just, I guess you can have it or you can have, you know, 7% less on Jonathan Taze is going to get you a point every four games. Sure. Of course. Yeah. No, Zook's best player on this list, but he's also the most owned. Yeah. Um, those, those go hand in hand usually. Yeah. But um, that should still be bumped up. But yeah, I mean, I think the one thing just to quickly add on Zuccarello is that, um, you know, as the guy that updates these lineups every single day, this line does not change. They are committed to Zuccarello, Hartman, and Kaprizov. Like, you don't have to worry about this guy going anywhere yeah. else in that lineup. You know where he's going to be. You know what kind of ice time he's going to play. And you know how, how, how good that line can be. Um, and, yeah, two games against the Blackhawks next week. So, that never hurts. Nice. Um, so, anyways, enjoy the Blue Stones here for the next 60 seconds. When we get back, we've got Montreal through Winnipeg. We'll try to pick up the pace a little bit. Not talk about Trevor Moore for seven minutes. Not talk about Valerie <laughs> Nichushkin for 12. And, uh, and yeah, we will we'll get- probably talk about the Swiss National team again though yeah we'll probably bring that gotta back dig up. into that roster a little bit more and find out just who, exactly what we were robbed who, who of this are, year. who's the next on our on our uh, target list i here. i 2022 bronze medalist they were robbed dude it would have happened 100 <laughs> enjoy the boost zone see you guys back here in 60 seconds it's not over now. don't lay your flag and turn away it's not over now not this So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to come So pick up your bags and we can start something new again gentlemen to season seven episode 21 of the dfo podcast we hope you enjoyed those pretty sensational tunes from the blue <laughs> stones as always go check them out on itunes music spotify 
YouTube, wherever you can find music, you're going to be able to find the Blue Stones, uh, and they'll put you in a good mood, and they'll get you right every single time. All right, moving on. We're going to keep it right flowing to the second half of the show. Speaking of right flowing, Mike Hoffman, 16% owned pass. Pass? So Mike Hoffman is next. Mike Hoffman, 16% owned pass as well. You heard it. Anyone on Montreal, pass right now. But no, Mike Hoffman especially. Yeah, it's a disappointing one because I'm a big Mike Hoffman guy myself. Um, Yeah, we we know that. I remember riding the train real early on in his Ottawa days and then just really never getting off it, staying on it when he went over to Florida. Um, And yeah, obviously it's been a pretty disappointing season. I still thought that was a really nice addition by then because, you know, one of the things they're really lacking is that, or they were lacking was the shot on the power play, especially with Weber not coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, hasn't quite worked out. I think, you know, he's unfortunate if he came a, a year sooner and he was playing with Philip Deneau, like that would just solve so much deficiencies in his game if he didn't have to worry at all about, yeah, he could just sit there and shoot. He just yeah, knew sit he on the wing and like, shoot, just chipping pucks just out and taking Mike. off. And yeah, yeah, that's all he has to do in his own end. I, I think he'd just be, uh, yeah, in a much better spot, but as is, there's just not a whole lot, um, to play with in Montreal. That's really going to complement uh, his game at this point. Um, so yeah, just didn't end up being the best fit. Shouldn't talk any more than that. Sorry, you're trying to be quick with it. No, I, I, it's fine. I I think like it was a nice signing, and then like they just suck. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody foresaw like foreseeing this coming, and where they were just going to be like just total total. Dodgy. Well, they made the Cup final last year, don't you know? Yeah, um, I don't know. Oh, if, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but we were talking about how good Dallas one is. They have four goals. And there is one minute left in the second period tonight. Joe Pavelski has two goals and two assists on the night. Have I guess a, I should have kept 38-year-old Joe Pavelski. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought. Have um, a day, trying Joe. Trying to build a young team and you don't keep Joe. Mistakes, D. Yes. Mistakes. Keeper League Joe Pavelski is actually, would have been hilarious. I know. Um, I almost did it. Would have been amazing. It was uh, the end of like a six-year run. Noah Dobson is up next. Uh, this is actually somebody who is certainly interesting. I guess there was a couple more defensemen yes, on the this list. This is the other one. Um, Dobson is really the, um, you know, the main guy for the Islanders right now, especially with Ryan Pulak not in the lineup. Um, he has ten points in his last ten games, uh, shooting eighteen point five percent over that stretch, yeah. which is not sustainable by a defenseman, if you didn't know. But two point seven shots per game, very, very good from a defenseman. Love so uh, yeah. over twenty two minutes per night. Really not a lot to dislike about Noah Dobson. Should he's be playing like a, with Big Z at five V five. Yeah. <laughs> and he's actually huge himself. He's like six four, six five. I thought you were gonna say Charles um, huge. He's 6'4", like, 195. Six four one ninety five. Wow that's he needs to put on some elbs. Um but you know, twelfth overall, twelfth overall pick. I mean, they they clearly have some stock in this guy. Um, five power play points in the year. If he met you, he'd be a fourth overall. I pick. was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I if, think if right? uh, Chara can get him on his diet before you know he retires, then that partnership will have a career long's worth of benefits for for Noah Dobson. Yeah. But he's a he's a new Nick Letty out in uh, out in New York. So much better though. Yeah, way better. But you know, you said it. Love the shots. Fifty six and twenty six games. Ten points in his last ten. I said it with the last D-man. Drop your shittiest one, you know? You don't need to keep 11 points. Uh, who can I call out here? Fuck, I don't know. There's always a random D-man Matthias that's just Ekholm. like 70% owned. There we go. Perfect, Brock. It's always like 70% owned, but it has 10 points. So, you know what? Drop that guy. Pick up Noah Dobbs. Yeah, I think he's a, a top-tier pickup right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and I'd certainly prefer him over Chillington. Um, and I think the fact that he's doing this all with a 44-year-old defensive partner just and, cannot be ignored. And he's doing this on the Islanders, who uh, I don't I don't know if you guys have heard, but they can't score with the shit this year apparently. So uh, that's just what what everyone. Yeah, Charles just not giving them the goals they thought they would, they would yeah. be getting out of them. <laughs> <laughs> the offense you think you'd get, but uh, 
Yeah, we're flying on to onto another high pick. Yeah, just uh, quickly, he has a better points uh, per 60 on the power play than Victor Hedman and tied with Charlie McAvoy. Um, both those guys play on pretty good power plays. So the Islanders can get it going here a little bit in the second half. Brutal start of the season. Dobson should be in for a nice uh, 2022. Alexi Lafreniere, 30% owned. Uh, I put a little bit of stank on that one. It's too much. Uh, too much stank on Lafreniere. No, too much ownage. Too oh. much stank. <laughs> no, yeah, both. Um, yeah. No, but he, he's somebody worth monitoring, I think, a little bit. He he showed out quite well while Panarin was out of the lineup and he moved in that top six. He looked really, really good uh, for the first time in a long time. Obviously, the points and the production wasn't there, but um, he was expected to play on the third line the other night with Panarin back. Then Barkley Goodrow got added to the COVID-19 protocol list, so Lafreniere moved up to the, th- the second line. And again, didn't do a whole lot. Played 15 minutes with Panarin and Strom. But if he continues to play well and if he can land a permanent spot on that top six in that top six on that line, which has been a revolving door at right wing, you've seen Dryden Hunt, you've seen Capo Caco, you've seen Barkley Goodrow. I mean, Lafreniere really is the guy that you would imagine should take that spot and run with it. Um, so again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cra- exactly, I'm not crazy high on him at this point in time. But if he gets onto that that unit, I think that there is something, um, something there. Yeah, I'm just worried. You know, we've, we've seen it before and he didn't. But uh, I mean, we're talking about a 19 year old. At some point, it's got to click. But, I mean, do I want my fantasy team to struggle until then? Probably not. Just, no, yeah, and exactly. yeah. again, not right now. I think sure. he needs me to give him the Jack Hughes treatment and just write him off completely. <laughs> yeah, chirp his legs. Around. Yeah. But in Jack Hughes, like, it's totally different because there was at least signs that Jack Hughes was actually good and you just hated him for no I don't reason. Know, no, there was wasn't. Signs. There wasn't There signs. wasn't. Yeah. But he just got, he just improved. He improved. Yeah, and he's thought. so good. He that worked quote it. the other day was hilarious. Yeah. He's like, I just got out of high school hockey. And I'm playing Connor McDavid. I'm one night, Sidney Crosby. David, Sidney Crosby. He's like, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't blame him. Like, the guy was like 40 pounds. Too, yeah. So. But he's come a long way, especially this season. Proud so. of you, Jack. Yeah. He's done. He's doing great. Uh, Lafreniere, I'm really going to need to see it for an extended period of time especially mid-season to really start believing um because yeah 30 percent like i get it but i don't yeah it's um it's just not for me I right now i don't get it hard I, pass. I don't get it either hard pass uh ryan johansson uh 41 owned. another one of the guys we had to break the rules for here uh but there's really nobody on this team that's worth mentioning um at that point in time tanner janot is even up to 55 percent owned. um a lot to do with how much that guy hits but uh johansson Again, still not quite the the player that we once saw in Columbus. Somebody that I really liked at the time. Yeah, he like ta- loved him. Yeah, his game has taken a step in the wrong direction. But twenty points, five goals, fifteen assists in his last eighteen games. Um, you know, I think the main issue for him is that that top line is solidified with Granlin, Duchesne, and Forsberg. He is kind of left with the secondary wingers. Um, they're not too bad in Luke Cunning and and Ely Tolvanen, but um, you know. He's got some power play production in that time, six points on the power play of the 20. So on the top unit, I think he's somebody worth considering. The strict center eligibility and the lack of goal scoring, though, is certainly, um, you know, red flags. Yeah, and I think it it bodes well as much, you know, you say he can't touch that first line. It's true, but on the power play, he is their top faceoff guy. So he's always going to be that guy cleaning out the draws. Pumping that puck back to someone named Roman Yossi, who that's not a bad... Uh, from Switzerland. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know that, but he's from from Switzerland. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I've hated Ryan Johansson for years. I won't lie. Like, I've just hated this guy in fantasy hockey. I thought he's been, like, completely overowned. And now this year, I'm riding him in three leagues. <laughs> and I love him. And he's back. Thing, we haven't seen goal production in years, and we're finally seeing it. That's kind of why I hated him. Nothing fun about a guy who's going to get you seven goals and 43 assists. Just not for me. But now that we see those goals, you know, we're kind of seeing him more complete game 20 29 points 34 games across the year and then you're of course extrapolated 20 points in the last 18 um right now i think he kind of needs to be owned in any league that's probably about 10 or more um at least on the bottom of one of the team's rosters the fact that he scored 59 goals in bat like in two seasons combined in columbus and then has 88 goals in his last 471 games this is just outrageous yep uh i think you know he's the bottom's going to fall out here. He's got a 19.6 personal shooting percentage. Uh, On-ice shooting percentage is at 15% as well. Uh, so there's a ton of regression coming his way, but he's certainly a guy where you can ride the hot streak out uh, because he's going to be getting those nice minutes in the meantime, and he's going to be uh, playing in all the right uh, opportunities and situations, as, as you guys pointed out. Yeah. So, um, And yeah, even when things do fall off, you know he's still going to be a half-decent um, supply of assists. So could take him a bit to, to fully cool down, but certainly... Uh, the regression is coming there. I don't think he's just kind of refound his form yeah, no, he's that he not. had all those years ago. But. He's, he's not the old Rajo. Um, but and, yeah. uh, and with me owning him in three leagues, I also have to say with that, he's also the first guy I think of every time I have to drop someone in those three leagues. So Yeah, you just uh, ride it out. Just ride it out. Yeah. yeah. Ride Ryan for now. Uh, next on the list is Damon Severson. Um, he's actually been pretty hot as of late. Yeah. Uh, the reason really to, to give Severson a shout out is he's taken over as the top power play quarterback in New Jersey, uh, with Might Dougie well. Hamilton. Yeah. Dougie Hamilton out. Uh, Hamilton had surgery to repair a broken jaw. Um, Get a cage on, put him out there. Yeah. Unclear when he's going to be back. Um, but he's a quiet guy anyway, Just you, you know, he shut. could, he could be back immediately. Um, but it doesn't. I haven't seen him on the he ice comes yet. Back so with the cage on, flips the off. Severson sipping um, food through a straw. In the meantime, averaging over twenty five minutes a night, playing on the top power play unit right now, has eleven points, four goals, seven assists in his last fifteen games, thirty three shots on net, over two per game. Um, so yeah, Severson, I think is if you're in desperate need of D help, if you are somebody you know maybe you lost a defenseman to COVID nineteen protocol. Um, I think Severson is definitely a worthwhile pickup at 16%. I think right now, um, as long as Hamilton's out, I rate him above Chillington, below Dobson. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I can get behind that. And bonus, just got out of COVID-19 protocol, so he's done his stint. Who? Didn't Severson just go to it? Because I I had dropped him last week because of this, I swear. Uh, I don't think he ever went into... COVID-19 protocol. Okay, because I had him on the squad, dropped him for Brady Shea, but... I mean, 900 players went into COVID protocol in and around Yeah, he actually, he went when Jesper Bratt went. They you both know, went he, together. He is in COVID-19 yeah. protocol currently. There we go. I was going to say, I, I I never ride Jersey, guys. There you go, Beavs. Now they're all kissing each other. Going so don't pick him up at all. On, uh, on, on the 9th, so he's eligible to be activated by the end of the weekend. Also, can I say something quick? Because we got to talk about Jesper. He's minus 9%... Or like, like, or dropped. He's dropped in nine percent of the Yahoo leagues. Guys, chill. Like, he, they're gonna come back. And yeah, he'll, he'll be back. They're he's gonna not, play hockey games again. Yeah, he's going down to like I think he's like fifty three, fifty four percent. I'm like, oh this is crazy. Like, People just nobody respects Jesper no, Bratt. Yeah, makes why, me sick. That's why we had to bring it up for one time. <laughs> makes me sick. The yeah. disrespect on Jesper Bratt's name. He's down a fifty three percent own. Yeah. Maybe it's the COVID protocol is, but just disgusting. Hate it. <laughs> um, Jesper Brad should really just be like the face of this podcast. Should we talk about Tim? 
Tim Stutzlow, also on the COVID-19 protocol list. Shocking, <laughs> 29% owned. Um, I mean, unless you're uh, – speaking of a one-line hockey club, uh, the Ottawa Senators are exactly generous. that. Um, yes. The top line is quite good with Norris Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Stutzel really has not even matched what we saw from him. I feel in like his the bottom season. six counts as like a negative one. Oh or two my god, they're ter- they're just terrible. Um, seven points in his last twelve games, and that's probably his coldest stretch of the season. So he's been serviceable, but really nothing to. You're to saying get. that's his coldest? That's probably his hottest. No, he's been pretty like reliable throughout the season, just with a couple points here and there, like right around a half a point per game throughout. You know, not really ever getting too hot, not really ever getting too cold. Right around a half point per game yeah. on the season with 15 and 29. Um, nothing, plus to, minus. nothing to write home about here. Yeah, um, I think 29% is a little too much for him. That needs to go down. Like, but. they're moving him to center. He's trying to figure that out. Plus, he only gets to play with, like, Connor Brown. Yeah, when, I'll see you in a year or two, Tim. Yeah, see, you, see you then. Yeah. He's going to be sick then. Joel Faraby, 23% owned in Philadelphia. Um, that team, holy shit. What a tire fire. Oh, my God. They, like, were, like, gaslighting us into thinking that they were good for, like, the first <laughs> half of the season, and then they literally just the gas lit on themselves and sure. they just total tire crash fire. and burn. Come on. Yeah. Um, their season has been Carter Hart's career in a microcosm. Just like <laughs> super sick at first. We're like, Oh yeah, really good. Holy shit. Everything has oh gone downhill. God, it's um, a, it's a Faraby's still been pretty solid though. Nine points in his last 11, including six goals. Um, somebody that you can rely upon to play steady top six minutes right around, um, you know, the 17, 18 sometimes creeps up to the 20 minute mark if they're missing half their roster. Um, but again, just not really somebody that is going to go crazy. Um, I guess the one thing they got going for him next week for games does play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday though. It's not exactly what you're looking for, but, uh, four games next week for Joel Farabee. I think, uh, Travis Konechny's right around 30% on So both those guys are pretty solid, but neither one of them are going to be like, you know, Oh uh, yeah, I'm not they're looking, not going to Nazem Kadri pick up ads. I'm not looking really own any of them past yeah. next next week, no, or at all. The Flyers are just yeah. until they turn a corner, which I I still think they've got the talent level there yeah. to yeah. to do so. Sure, but, um, you know, once Katrina gets back, it's just Drew's having a good year. Too. Ryan Ellis gets back, like they, they they do have talent there still, and I think they're a team that could probably be a bit of a surprise in the second half based on what they've done in the last month. But Fairby's um, got to shoot though, like forty seven yeah, shots no, in twenty eight games. Like if that's like some of the shittiest shot production we've seen on this list. Yeah. Um, it's not a head turner. Yeah, no. for a guy who's, I'm pretty sure, a goal's first guy. I mean, get that puck on that, dude. Carter, Jeff, um, also known as Big Jeff in Pittsburgh. He doesn't really Hefe. qualify for this list. Actually, he does at 38% Jeff, yeah. owned. Big Jeff, 30% owned. Uh, you've also got Kasperi Kapanen at 19% owned. You saw the immediate effect uh, of Evgeny yeah. Malkin returning to the lineup on Tuesday night, Malkin went off for three points. Jeff Carter, um, I think, also had two goals. I think two assists for Kasperi Kapanen. Um, so yeah, an immediate effect there. Uh, the one thing I guess that that's really interesting, at least uh, the way the lineup is currently constructed, until maybe Jason Zucker gets healthy. But uh, Jeff Carter took like every single face off on that line, played the wing, yeah. but took every face off. So maybe that's a thing that they're going to try to do, and that will tie Jeff Carter to Evgeny Malkin long term. If Jeff Carter is taking care of the faceoff dot, and then you know Malkin does everything else the center is supposed yeah. to do, but uh, keep yeah, Jeff Car- Carter in the top six, I think for them that's really the big. You got yeah, it. I yeah. think I think there's got to be some. 
you know, they they're, they've got to at least consider having him as your third line center because like how yeah. like it doesn't when, get much Zucker better. But back, like yeah, said, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But in the short term, Zucker just started skating today. He's not expected to be back for at least a couple weeks. So Carter, yeah, center right wing eligible, thirty eight percent owned. Kapanen just nineteen um, percent owned. Yeah, we I saw think they're both are certainly worth ads right now. We saw Kapanen do it last year with Malkin. This isn't anything new. It's not like this is just a hot hand. This is his winger, and yep. this is who they they. I mean, they trapped him together. They trapped him together for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think his own percentage is only going to go get higher from here. He'll probably go up to around the 30, 35, where he should be um, when people realize, you know, that he is a guy that, that should be owned. Uh, 20 points in 34 games for captain, really not not too bad so far. Um, but definitely a speculative ad if I'm in leagues and kind of looking for someone who could improve on what's been an okay season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the big question mark is going to be what happens when Rust comes back. Probably yeah, more Rust than anything, too. right? With Rodriguez has been so hot. Um, I know, right? And Rodriguez, they've played on the third line a bit more, but Russ, they've also played more with Melkin uh, yep. in, in recent years. So does Kapanen bump up to Crosby, or does he, you know? So it's I it's tricky. I think that's if they got if some. That's got the biggest. Pieces. Well, dude, that's the, the biggest threat. The, I think, uh, they the do emergence like of, with of Evan Rodriguez in the fact in he's addition just like a in Swiss addition. Army knife well, yeah, and in, in addition to the fact that um, you know Jeff Carter's there now, and, and you know even bringing in Brock McGinn solidified that. Th- checking line i mean like we talk about it a lot we go off on tangents about how good this club is going to be and um they're they're, they're scary yeah um, scary. but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with rodriguez and and, and zucker and rod it, it like the thing is like they could put together a really really good third line that could still um you know reasonably produce so mm-hmm. um I, I think more likely at this point that rodriguez <laughs> could be the guy that falls down to the third line center role um, than Jeff Carter, but I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. But in the short term, um, both Carter and Kapanen certainly worth ads in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh has four games next week, including a Monday and Friday and Sunday. So a huge streaming week for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Just keep an eye out on what the lineup looks like when Brian Rust returns. Good call there, D. Um, next on the list, Alexander Barabanov, 4% owned. Played pretty well. Added to COVID-19 protocol list today. Who cares? Yeah. Um, Jared McCann, uh, I told you, D, uh, that I would rather have Jared McCann than Yanni Gord. I think I'm winning that. At this point in Two time, McCann tonight. is an absolute stud. Two more points tonight. He had eight shots the other night. He is just more offensive, and he, he looks great. Um, Gord's two, been good. Yeah, Gord's defense. been fine. And, okay, and, 21 and, and, points in 29 games for McCann, 20 points in 26 games for Gord. And, and in so also, I think I'm winning that points per game. Sure. And in your defense, Jared McCann was. <laughs> I don't need a more defense. No, but you, but you were actually the guy that w- was on the <laughs> yeah, McCann train at the both. start of the like season as well. Uh, McCann has you nine just pressed points. me and made me pick one, and I, I went with Gord. McCann has 11 points, including two points tonight. So 11 points in his last 13 games in two periods. Um, see if he can add so a third 14. point tonight. Yeah, we'll see if he can. Did Gord do anything might. tonight? Because he was on a four-game pointer coming in. No, he night. has nothing uh, so far tonight, nothing, I don't think. Yeah, no. um, but yeah, I, I think... The, it's been the, out there for a half hour, though. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, he doesn't come off the ice. But uh, I think the most impressive thing about Jared McCann is the shot volume. You're looking at 49 shots in his last 13 games. Oh, you'll have to see that. Yeah, like, it's just incredible. That's 3.8 shots per That's game. That's just heaven sent. You know, when you're just waiting for a guy to shoot more, and he's like, oh, you want more shots? Yeah, Boom. here, how about Boom. how about this? <laughs> um, he's on a stretch right now. Just listen to this. Five. Sorry, let's start here. Yep. Three shots, five shots, five shots, four shots, three shots, one. What? Four, <laughs> four, eight. I mean, what more could you possibly His, his wrist probably hurt that oh one. Oh, my, day. yeah. He was probably sore from... Just riffing, riffing, shooting. It was also the first game back after 
Christmas. So he was just a he little giving out so he was just gifts. a little hung. But uh, yeah, the Shaw film's been terrific. Production's been really, really just solid. Him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, all right. Next on the list, Robert New Thomas, thirty-four percent owned. We've talked about this guy four hundred <laughs> times. Is there anything else you guys want to add on Robert Thomas? Maybe it's time to come home. No, I got nothing other than just singing <laughs> Matchbox Twenty songs every single time. Very uh, nice. We talk about him every episode. He's, he's, he's uh, we talk about him almost as much as Jesper, and that's an issue. Yeah, if he's the uh, he's the Apple King. Yeah, nothing the more to say. Apple King. Apple King. Well, he took Kadri took his crown, but he's the I got, I, Apple. Kadri scores too much to be the Apple King. So true. He's the Point King. Yeah. Point Anthony God. Sorelli next on this list at thirty eight percent owned. He has ten points, four goals, six assists in his last thirteen games, twenty seven shots. So just uh, um just over two shots per game, which is actually high for yeah. Anthony Sorelli, which is pretty surprising. But um, the one thing I guess that bodes well for Anthony Sorelli is the fact that Nikita Kucherov is back in the lineup. You don't have to worry about Sorelli losing Steven Stamkos as a winger anytime soon. Um, so yeah, Sorelli obviously just a terrific hockey player. Probably better in real life than he is in terms of his yes. fantasy value. But uh, still playing on a line with Steven Stamkos. Second power play unit for Sorelli. Um, in terms of the schedule next week, they've got not much to write home about. Yeah, I would, I would never hesitate to drop him if I was hard-pressed. Um, but yeah, anytime you need or you have the empty roster spot and you need to fill an extra game in your lineup... I think 19 minutes of Sorelli is never a bad option. No. No. Yeah. I mean, 38% owned is kind of bonkers. I, I just, it blows my mind how high these strict center People only go to Daily are. Faceoff and you're like, hey, I know a good team, Tampa Bay. Second center. I want Andy every Sorelli. player yeah. on them. Um, yeah. No, nothing more I'm going to add there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't really want them. Uh, the Maple Leafs have a. <laughs> kind of do. Kind of don't. The Maple Leafs have a couple players that are definitely worth talking about, and I'm not really 100% sure which one is the best ad right now. Um, to me, I, I love Andre Kasha. He's probably yeah. my favorite Straight of the Kasha. three. Um, I it's think a it, crime. I, He's I, 70% I th- owned. I think 17. it's mostly to do with the fact that, like, you know, we just love him on the podcast, so we're, he's, we're always going to gravitate towards he was, Cash. He um, but he's seventeen. He's seventeen percent owner now. He's on a line with Austin Matthews. The problem is they really also like him with David Camp. And when Mitch Marner comes back, Kasha probably drops to the third line. Um, but the other guy who's on that third line, which is he's incredibly, incredibly hot right now is Ilya Mikhaev. Um, he just cannot stop scoring goals since returning to the lineup. He has. Uh, two, three, four goals and one assist in four games. He's been terrific. He has 19 shots on goal in that span, which is outrageous. Um, And then you've also got Alexander Kerfoot, which he's the guy who you know guaranteed is going to be in that top six. He seems glued to the left-wing spot next to John Tavares and Willie Nylander. He has two goals and um, seven assists in his last four games which is absolutely bonkers. Kerfoot's the one guy whose own percentage has shot up, 41% owned. Um, and to be completely honest with you, he's probably the guy I have the least faith in. Yeah. I, I, in terms of sustaining yeah. any offensive production. Yeah, like he cash. just... Yeah, personally. He just doesn't shoot enough, and uh, obviously he's on a great spot on that line with Nylander and Tavares, but he's very much the third option. Um, really good without the puck and, and really good at uh, breaking them out of their own end, and it's kind of like having a second centerman on that line. Uh, which is really nice because sometimes Tavares needs that. Uh, so yeah, I, to your point, I think he's. Uh, I'd probably rather Kasha um, 
or Mikheyev right now. Obviously, Kasha playing out with Matthews. You know, in the short term. In the short term, he's the one I want. We'll see how the lineup shakes up after. Not power play unit too. Yeah, because yes. obviously Bunting was doing well. Um, Marner hasn't been fantastic, and I, I just don't imagine they drop him out of the top six. Wait, last week you said Marner is fantastic. No, I said... I'm hard on him. Yeah, I said he wasn't justified being thrown in that list with some of the other guys. But, but to your point, I said he hasn't been fantastic. Did you see what it did to David Pasternak? Maybe yeah, Mitch Marner comes back off. and just fucking lights it up because he's pissed yeah. about being included on the trending down list. That's true. Although um, I think we said really nice things about Pasternak. So many nice things. Like um, He has 9,000 shots, and he's going to start scoring lots of goals soon because the shoot, shot percentage makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and then it so happens. Good at yeah, I'll, go, I'll go cash. Mankayev is definitely one to watch, though, because like, that shot volume is insane. and. Yeah, yeah, it's just really tough to your point to break into that top six. In a contract year, that dude's looking to get paid, so that could be why he's getting shots out the woohoo. Yeah, it's not chill. Um, Personally, I like, uh, like you said, I like Cash the most. I picked up Cash and Kerfoot in a twelve-team league almost a week ago, and I'm laughing because Leafs are like gold in that league. So it's they're losing one nothing to Arizona right now. Yeah, well, (laughs) games early, and uh, it's a classic trap game for the Leafs. Yes, uh, of course. but yeah, I think all three are definitely worth consideration. And uh, whoever tickles your fancy more than the other, pick them up. Because yeah. I don't think you can really... We're splitting hairs right now. I, but again, in, in the short term, it's definitely cash. Top line, top power unit. Um, Tanner Pearson, Ew. 6% owned. Ew. Uh, time just, of year. Ew. There just wasn't a whole lot in Vancouver no. at that price point, I think. Uh, not price point. At that uh, own percentage, you got Tanner Pearson, which I just mentioned at 6%. You've got Vasily Podkolzin at 4% are two of the guys that you could consider. Yeah, I'd rather, if, I'll just play shooting a lot. I'll play an open slot. Yeah, that, that's the reason I picked him over Podkolzin was the, the shot volume has been outstanding with Pearson. Um, the problem Especially is that standing. he just doesn't know how to score. Um, sure. So you can shoot as much as you want. But right now, <laughs> playing with uh, Elias Patterson and Niels Hoaglander, Vasily Podkolzin on the top line with Miller and Brock Besser. But as I read this, you could probably open up Daily Faceoff tomorrow and the lines are going to be completely different in Vancouver because that's just what they do. I thought getting rid of Travis Green would eliminate that issue. It really just has done anything for Damn. Him. So we petitioned for him to lose his job for four years for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Boudreau also just continuing blender mode. Maybe it's just because he's getting Bruce comfortable. Bruce is winning, though. Bruce is. is on the loose. Yeah, just getting comfortable with the boys, trying to Bruce, figure out who Bruce likes who. Uh, William Carlson. 28% owned. I was pretty surprised to see William Carlson all the way down at 20% yeah. owned. Really? Um, this production. Especially with, you know, you don't have, uh, you don't have <laughs> Max Pacioretty in the league. I know. I tried to pull up William Carlson. I got, got I got Melker Carlson. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it was so bad, dude. When, when Melker Nelson, and Eric. When yeah. Melker and Eric were in San Jose, I'd fucking have I Melker playing. Isn't Melker, isn't his number like 68 too? Yeah, it was very close. And Eric's is 65. Yeah. I don't know what Melker's up to these days. We should look him up here in a minute. But yeah, I would have Melker Carlson playing like top pair right defenseman on DFO all the time because I just couldn't. People just scooping Melker. Oh, just couldn't get it right. <laughs> can he use rip and top line power play? <laughs> there's another guy right now. There's another guy right now in the. Uh, oh, Melker looks like the nicest guy. In the Bruins uh, farm system, his name's Curtis Hall. Sometimes he just squeaks in if I'm on a, in a hurry and I type in Hall and Curtis just makes his way in the line with Taylor. Uh, but yeah. You think he ever sees that and just thinks, like checks his phone see if he missed the test? He's like, I'm in, boys. His mom's like, I already got tickets, Curtis. I'll be there. Like, what? Uh, but yeah, He's well, playing in Sweden, Melker is. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, surprise for me. For sure. He's got 20 points in the last two seasons across 49 games. That's, that's why he's Melker. in Sweden. Yep, that's um, Melker. William Carlson, just six <laughs> points in his last 11 games. He's a forward, but, by the way. Um, 19 minutes a game. With Max Patch already out, this top line has been leaned on extremely heavily 
How's um, that going for him? Yeah, uh, he's been fine. It's almost like they're having to shut down other teams' top lines and not focus on themselves offensively. They actually are still using the Stevenson line in a shutdown role because Stone is there, but um, because yeah. Stevenson's fast, and Mark Stone is the best defensive winger in the NHL. That's but yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess Carlson hasn't been as productive as I as I thought. Yeah, he's been shit. <laughs> Eleven points in twenty one ga- or twenty four games. From they also don't. Play, play one they also, yeah, I, honestly, I already I already loaded Connor Sheary's reference page. And they also <laughs> don't play. Uh, they also don't play a game until I don't know when the fuck. Because well, yeah, they, they used the, up all their games when everyone else was on COVID. Yeah, game. they don't play a game until. So this is Wednesday. They don't play a game until. Stand by. Oh, Monday. Yeah, they play on Monday. They'll be fine. But only two games next week. So, yeah, just leave it. William Carlson. See, the problem with doing these segments and where we, like, try to include every team is that Connor Sheary ends up getting mentioned, like, four times on the podcast this season. And he should never be mentioned more than half. Okay. (laughs) In his defense, he just scored two goals on the fourth line the other night. And, (laughs) yeah, I know. And my point is that with Washington being so top heavy, like whenever you go to look at someone to add from the caps, it's, well, always, exactly, yeah. it's always Connor but Sheary. So whenever it, we're talking about streaming Sheary targets, did spend the large majority of land. the season in the top six, obviously no Backstrom and no Oshie. So with Mantha still out, if there was one guy that could move into that top six that is in that bottom nine-ish range, it is Sheary to me. I would rather have Sheary than Daniel Sprong. I think he'll probably be the most likely candidate. Um, <laughs> You're comparing... Rock in a hard place there, yeah. man. Okay, he has 12 points, 14 <laughs> in his last 14 games. I'm not saying Connor Sheary's good, but if if he is the guy that moves up into the top six and he ends up playing with Nicholas Backstrom and whoever else is on that line, whether it be uh, TJ Oshie or Tom Wilson, then I like Connor Sheary in that spot. Paul Stastny, 8% owned. Um, I believe he's a little bit banged up right now. So, again, he's the only guy on this team that's really even worth talking about in that spot. Um, I guess – no, he's actually was in practice today. Yeah. Correct myself here. Andrew Kopp, Mark Shifley, Paul Stastny was a line. The other guy that's worth mentioning, and it's it, it's very, very day-to-day, is Cole Perfetti. He's with the team. He I like hasn't really one. played much, but we saw what he could do in a very short World Juniors – Terrific hockey player, very, very young still. In Wednesday's practice, he was on the top line with Kyle Connor and Pierre Luc Dubois. Jeez. Was also on the second power play unit. So no, this is a kid who every level he's been at has put up ridiculous numbers. Like mm-hmm. Trevor Moore times three at every <laughs> level that he's been at. Um, <laughs> so so Cole Perfetti, um, just give him the time and if they're gonna baby him like it looks like they will and by putting him in those ideal offensive positions, definitely worth a look. Um, you know, if we're talking about Paul Stastny and that thirty six year old Rick Well the thing about it is was Paul Cole. Stastny was in that spot um well, he was with Shifley, but he was in the top six. He's still with Shifley, but Perfetti wasn't there. So now Perfetti is. Yeah. Uh, the issue, they only play one game, which is tomorrow against the Red Wings. So obviously a good matchup. You know, maybe a decent Thursday streamer if you Locking have some, some COVID issues. Um, you know, you might need them tomorrow. If you don't, they've got four games next week. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, not great for streaming, but also a game on Sunday. A uh, nice road trip coming up for the Jets. So Perfetti, if he stays there, we'll see. Don't know if that'll stick, but definitely worth consideration if it does. Worth a shout-out. Um, Keeper Leagues for sure. 100%. Anything else to add before we... We're all aligned. I love Paul Stastny. He's a real mensch. Yeah. He was great <laughs> when he started with the abs in 08. My one buddy has a jersey. Paul have, Stastny abs jersey. Dude, I got, like, I got two. I think I have a home and away. <laughs> I put them on my car like seats for a while just because I was, didn't know what to do. I remember him. that. 
Paul. It's a phase. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Season 7, Episode so, so 21 much. of the DFO Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. To my left, we got Dylan D. To my right, we have Dylan D. Birthing. To my left, we got Michael Beams Bond. They can't see us. I no know, but I guess I could have rolled with it. <laughs> see you guys back here next week. All the Swiss talk and no Jonas Heller. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com.
the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.